Did you know a 2018 study showed half of prenatal vitamins tested had unacceptable levels of heavy metals? I'm Kat, mother of three and founder of Ritual. When I was four months pregnant, I couldn't find a prenatal I could trust, so I created my own. Ours is made traceable, third-party tested for heavy metals, and recently earned the Purity Award from the Clean Label Project. But don't just take my word for it. Get 25% off at virtual.com slash podcast. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Nation talk about the lions. We love the lions and we talk about them incessantly. And you're about to hear what we have to say. So thanks for joining us. All right. Yeah. Well, thank you, everybody, and welcome to the first ever um, the Roar or Unnamed Lions podcast. <laughs> um, I just want to go around the horn. First of all, my name is Zach Zaccone. Um I've been a Lions fan since growing up, inspired by my family. Um, and I just love the Honolulu Blue. Um, let's go around the horn. Um, Jackie, are you there? Hi, I'm Jack Ruddy. Well, we'll call me Jack W, I guess, because uh, <laughs> I've been a Lions fan all my life. Didn't really have much of a choice, but uh, won't ever uh, go against them. So here I am. <laughs> all right, now, older Jack. Yeah, I'm Jack Ruddy. Uh, I've been a Lions fan all my life. Uh, I was chosen to be a Lions fan. <laughs> and I believe uh, if you go back in our family lineage, I was the first Lions fan in the family. And it's somehow branched off from there. But uh, my brother and our subsequent families. And anyway, I was chosen. I, I've been My first guy I ever really rooted for was Lem Barney back in the 60s. He was my idol. And uh, that's it. I've been, it's the only team I've ever rooted for, the only team I will ever root for. And last but not least, Connor. My name is Connor Ruddy. I have also been a Lions fan since birth through my father. Uh, helps that I actually grew up in the Detroit area with uh, season tickets as well. So been to a lot of games. Uh, love this team. Love Honolulu Blue. All right. All right. Well, thank you, everybody, um, for introducing yourselves. So I'm just going to dive right into it. Um, basically, this podcast is just going to be covering the Lions, hopefully weekly, Um but right now, this is kind of like a preview for the season. And right now, I want to get the thoughts on the big changes in the offseason, most notably um, going from Jim Caldwell to Matt Patricia. Um, if someone wants to just kind of take the reins on their initial thoughts, I guess we'll just start with uh, Jackie. What do you think about the change from Caldwell to Patricia? Gotta love the change. Bringing in a young coach, high energy, got the pedigree. 
I'm real excited. I think it's going to be a refreshing uh, move. Even from uh, Jim Schwartz, I just have a feeling this guy has something that that it factor that uh, we haven't had in a long time. Maybe crossing my fingers, something like the Rams, you know, something like that. But the new guy brings it. So, so Uncle Jack, what do you think went wrong with Jim Caldwell last year, and what is Matt Patricia going to bring this year that leads the Lions to victory? Well, one thing. I think is his passion. He's very passionate coach, and I think it's going to come out in his team. I think the team will show that also. Uh, go back a long time to, about Jim Caldwell, though, when he was coaching the Colts, and I'll never forgive him for when he pulled all the starters when the coaches where the Colts were fourteen and zero, and he pulled all the starters to keep them healthy for the playoffs. They had a chance at running the table, and he denied them that chance at immortality and i'll never forgive him for that and then the lions go hire him i wasn't too happy about it they had a couple can you just of clarify why you weren't won't forgive him for that i just how can you de- how can you you can't deny a team a shot at immortality when it's in your hands and you took it away from them that's why i don't think uh patricia will do that i think if we run the table which <laughs> that would be awesome but uh <laughs> that would be um, awesome I think he's going to let him. He's going to go for immortality, nineteen and zero. I mean, I don't think he denied his team that opportunity. Caldwell did that, and I thought, to me, that made him a bad coach. And then, I mean, it, that's all I have to say about that. Really, results yeah. speak for themselves. Yeah. Low energy, as uh, Donald Trump would say, low energy. <laughs> so, Connor. Um... Yes. Patricia, um, he brings a different defense. We've been used to a 4-3. Now we're getting more to a different scheme. And we'll get to this more when we get to the position groups later. But um, Patricia, he has had an up-and-down career. Do you, do you see him being successful in his first year with the Lions? Because the Lions are tra- transitioning essentially from a 4-3 defense to a hybrid 3-4, um, which requires some you know, roster turnover. And I don't yeah. know if you can do that all in one offseason. You know, you can't, but I think, uh, you know, having Bob Quinn in there already from the Patriots, I think is a huge first step to get there. You know, the Lions have really been trying to mimic the Patriots, I think, in every way. And I think Patricia said it himself. Uh, you know, we're going to have to be patient with this. I don't think we're going to be going 19-0 and in our first season with Matt Patricia. But I think we're going to see growth. And, you know, Patricia has a habit. Yes, not all his defenses were elite. But he, you know, on a team that I think focused a lot more on their offense, I think he took nothing and made it into something. Which I think it's kind of the situation the Lions are in right now. You know, they got a great wide receiving core, I think a comparable O-line and a great quarterback. But I think their defense, you know, needs some work. And I think Matt Patricia is the perfect guy to stabilize the team in that regard. Can I just piggyback off that real quick? I'd just Go like to it. point out what I liked about Patricia's defenses. They weren't necessarily always stalwarts, but – he knows how to get his guys in position to make take make plays and takeaways, and that I think that something we should be seeing that could be really nice. Do yeah, you guys absolutely. have any concern about past Bill Belichick coaches not turning out, um, especially from the defensive side, like Eric Mangini, or do you think Matt Patricia is going to be the first guy that truly takes the reins as a head coach? I I, I did until I heard his press conference. And he basically said, like, you know, if you try to be Bill Belichick, you're not going to succeed. So he takes what he learns from Bill, Bill Belichick, and he's going to be his own coach, I think. I don't know what you guys think. I agree with you, that. Connor, yeah. And you can't, you can't go off that from previous guys coaching. I mean, you just can't. He's his own man. 
And right. like you said, I think he's going to try to be his own man, not try to imitate Belichick. So I agree with Connor on that. The other thing I like about him is he just is clearly a really sharp guy. Not that the other guys weren't smart, but he clearly has his own level of sort of the way he sees things because he's really smart. And we got to point to that. What was he, a astrophysicist or something like that? The guys, <laughs> guys, he's guys like that are usually capable of, you know, bringing their own brand. Yeah, he was an aeronautical engineer making six figures and then decided to quit and start coaching <laughs> at the low levels. So he definitely loves his job. He has a deep passion for it. That's clear just by his career progression. Um, I guess last concern I have with you guys, I don't know about you, but Carlos Monterez says that um, the, the guy from the Detroit Free Press, everybody's favorite writer from the Detroit Lions <laughs> fandom <terrible>. perspective. <laughs> he's a troll. Um, he, he's worried about – I, I will clarify, yes. Um, so I'm just going to bring up, there was a big uh, hubbub this offseason about this Carlos Monterez from Detroit Free Press, who is not well-liked by anybody in the Lions fandom, saying that the Lions are running too much in the preseason. <laughs> and that, um, yeah. That's Basically, do you have any concerns about the Lions running too much in the preseason? <laughs> I think it's great. <laughs> when I heard that, I thought I was so happy to hear it. And, uh, I mean, the Patriots do it, and they win doing that. And when they played the Raiders in that preseason game, and I'm hearing that after the game, the Raiders are all talking to the press, and the Lions are off on the side running sprints. That brought a grin to my face. I, I'm happy. This is going to be a tough team. Yeah, absolutely. It's going to be a tough team. I just think back to my playing days when, you know, high school, college, conditioning, man, makes so much difference, and it's it's a toughness factor. The teams that, you know – a lot of these NFL guys, they love, they treat their teams like prima donnas or even like, oh, they're grown men. They can worry about their fitness. But there's just something about that that, you know, you suffer together. You go out there and, and you, you, exactly. kind of, you get yeah. hardened. And then it, when those fourth quarters come, you rally together. I think it's, it's one of those. It's like one of those Absolutely. intangibles. No pain, no I mean, gain. Yeah. And think about it like rationally. Like for the most part, our wide receiver core is exactly the same. Our quarterbacks are exactly the same. We brought in two new running backs this year, and Legarrette Blount and Kerryon Johnson. Like, you want to get those guys reps early and get them into the system. So, I think it makes perfect sense to do a lot of running in the preseason when these games really don't matter at all, personally. Yeah, and I also like Patricia's quote. Um, basically, he takes a season in four parts: um, September, October, November, December. Um, each month is a different part of the season that he's treated um, differently throughout his career. Um, I like that. I think the you'll see the conditioning come into play in November, in December, when it's time to bear down and win games. Um, a team I, like I was reading, the Redskins, they don't really condition it as well. That, you see teams like that fall off towards the end of the season. And we've absolutely. seen the Lions fall off in, at the end of the season in the past. So, yeah, To follow up what you're saying, Zach, I, I agree. Uh, look at the last couple of years. What happened last year? We had a chance to roll into the playoffs with a head of steam. We, we just – faltered against lesser teams it was terrible losing to cincinnati oh, so frustrating. it was brutal terrible and, loss. and i think i think under patricia we're going to see something different i think i think toward the end of the season we're going to be stronger than that. we're going to get better as the season goes on and all Perhaps this crap solution. all this crap about being worn out like how do you like any sport an athlete ever knows that you you get better at running the more you run <laughs> oh yeah no i mean yeah you see what he's doing in practice too. Like he's saving a lot of the hardest part of the workouts for the very end of practice, you know, in training camp, like to condition his team, 
right. know, to be down there for that final stretch. Like, I think this team's going to be a lot more disciplined than any of the Caldwell teams were, personally. Agree. Okay. Well, those are thoughts about the coaching change. And now I want to move on to the main focus of this um, podcast. And we'll branch off a little bit here and there. But um, just breaking down each position group and what your thoughts are on each group for the season. So we'll start with the uh, offense, and we'll start with quarterbacks. So Matt Stafford and then Matt Castle beat out Jake Rudock for the second spot on the roster. But Jake Rudock coming back to the practice squad. So he is gone from the 53-man roster, but he's still around Allen Park. Um, I guess, do you see Stafford stepping up last from last year? Um, same level. Um, will Jim Bob Cooter's offense finally fully flesh out? Because this kind of depends on a running depends. game as well. Yeah, absolutely depends on the running game. I mean, yeah. and the O-line. I mean, we can see what Stafford does without an O-line, without a running back. I always think he was a top-five quarterback in the league. But if that running game clicks, I think Stafford's just going to go off this year, personally. Well, it could be the opposite, too. He has a running game. He doesn't know what to do with it. He never <laughs> had one. But... <laughs> I guess that's I'm true. joking, Maybe... but uh, yeah, I would love to see Stafford with a running game. It would be awesome. <laughs> but, I mean, yeah. do you like do you like the Lions running so much out of the pistol? They're like the only team I know in the NFL that runs out of the pistol as much as they do. I like it if it works. I don't care. <laughs> if it works, I'll like it. Um, Do you think they're going to stick with that in the regular season, though? Like this year? It's part of Cooter's offense, isn't it? I have a feeling that preseason hasn't shown us anything. So Here's here's my thing with Stafford. The thing I'm that kind of has me maybe the most excited, obviously the run game, that's that's sort of tangential to him, but that, it, about his progression, uh, we've seen throughout his career, you know, the dude has an unquestionable arm strength. He can sling it. His ability to throw from different platforms and move, his mobility is 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 definitely above average. But last year we saw a major step forward in his ability to drop the deep ball. He finally learned touch. The way he suppressed his ego and finally went and got a, a coach in the off season to teach him how to properly, you know, put touch on the ball for the deep balls. It was the first pass of the preseason last year for that touchdown. It was just night and day. But uh, we saw that, you know, in the Vikings game last year on Thanksgiving where he, he reverted a bit uh, and started doing his classic rifle shots. And, and in those things, if you miss by an inch, you miss by a mile. And I'm just excited for another offseason of further ingraining that instinct to drop the – plus you saw – how he sort of would, you know, think about it as he threw. You could almost see the thought progression as he put consciously put touch on the ball. This year that should be more second nature and potentially could be dropping even better dimes down the fields than Marvin Jones and Peyton. That excites the hell out of me. Yeah. Stafford has improved every single year he's been in the league, which is remarkable yes, to is. me. So, and I think this will be another year he'll get even better. And uh, I think with better coaching around, I think – I think we have nowhere to look over it up. And bottom line is, if Stafford goes down, this team is done. <laughs> Cat, oh, yeah. and Rudak, uh, uh, I think we know. can all agree on that. I mean, we <laughs> he has to stay healthy, so that's bottom line. Hey, I mean, if the run game, depending on how much it steps forward, might negate a little bit of that. I mean, I agree, but if we actually get a legit run game – that we might have a legit offense besides that's not just driven on pure talent of Stafford and 
some great catches from the receivers. So I'm just going to throw a couple stats out of you. Detroit only ran the ball on 28% of second downs last year, which is the lowest figure in the league. Um, it doesn't I, surprise me at all. Yeah, because they had to pass on second down all the time. Because <laughs> they they would gain like one or two yards uh, every run, if that. Right. If that. Um, and yeah, they, well, when you're facing the second and eight, you're not going to run the ball. <laughs> That's yeah, exactly. Good um. And they were they led the league by far out of the pistol last year, which I expect to see less of personally, especially with four tight ends on the roster. I expect to see a lot more two tight end sets. And, yeah, because they were um they were second. Uh, they had averaged nine point four net yards per pass on the play action last year, which was um, second. I thought that league. was phenomenal. I mean, <laughs> one of the best in play action in the league, and we had no run game. <laughs> it almost doesn't make sense. It doesn't make sense. <laughs> no, um, it does not. Okay, we'll we'll move on to the next group. Running backs. We have Carryon Johnson, Amir Abdullah, Lagara Blunt, Theo Riddick, Nick Bloor. <laughs> and by the time uh, Monday Night Football rolls around, Amir Abdullah could be traded, but it seems like he he's sticking I to think the roster. I think I'll be on the team. Uh, you know, I really like about uh, Carryon Johnson as he seems patient. You know, he waits and looks for those lanes. Yes. I think he's got good vision and good athleticism. And then just picking up LeGarrette Blount, I think he's going to be that guy that can get us those scrap yards. You have those third and twos, those second and threes, you know, and you need someone reliable to get those yards. I think he can go farther than Amir Abdullah could personally. But I think we're just going to keep Abdullah because he's an athletic freak. And even though I think his football IQ is pretty low compared to some of those other running backs. You know, I still think there's potential in there for Patricia to, to work with him on something there. I see him as a reserve guy this year. I don't think he comes off the bench and he comes off the bench in, in very small times, just when the running backs have been getting their work in and they need a, another guy to, you know, give them a breather, maybe change it up. Maybe you could find him in the past game. Cause he, I just don't think he has the nose for a whole, or the instincts on how to, you know, set up his blocks to be used regular in the run game. He tends uh, to run past his blocks, I think. He just ain't Absolutely. so anxious. He's, he's, he's in a hurry. Exactly. That's what I think separates on Johnson from Amir Abdullah like this year in our run game. It's remarkable to see the difference with a patient runner <laughs> uh, that lets his, gives his blocks a time to set up. It's night and day almost, I think. I mean, I know the comparisons to Levy and Bell are, are obviously – premature but you can't help but see a bit of that style in in uh watching the carry on johnson run he's so patient he's got that deceptive burst and that quicks that 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 you know you know you don't have to be the fastest guy you just have to use the speed right and he seems to know how to do that agreed actually i to go along with the running backs though i'm i'm hoping I, to go, I think Cooter's ability to call the run game hopefully will be supplemented by uh, the new additions at coaching. Because he, I, I, personally, I didn't feel like he knew how and when to properly call run plays last year. He seemed to call it like it was yeah. just like part of like a stereotypical playbook where you got to run on first down and second down ideally, but just never were able to because it never was successful. But he didn't know how to set it up in his play calling, and I hope that's the new coaching changes in the O-line and things, they'll be able to kind of help him know how to call a better run game. Do you think, like, how do you see the running back splitting time this year, like between Kerryon Johnson, LeGarrette Blount, like Theo Riddick? 
Like, how do you I, think that's going to play out this season? I personally think LeGarrette Blunt's going to get the bulk of the carries in the beginning, and Carrion Johnson will carry more of the load as the season goes on, personally. I agree. And then Blunt will be your fourth quarter hammer, hopefully, that we're, you know, have leads in the fourth quarter and, and we're just, you know, put the hammer down. I mean, that's what I see, at least in the beginning. I don't think they're going to throw carry on immediately into the fray full time. I think they're going to bring him in gradually. And then, but by the end of the season, he's going to be carrying a big load. I could see, see that. that for sure. I could see that, but I, I'm also going to point to, uh, <laughs> like, uh, Patricia's coaching style that he brings over from the Patriots and their willingness to so hyper focus on details and game plan so specifically that it will be interesting to see how that plays into sort of game planning and who gets the touches early on. Like if uh, they feel like, uh, you know, carry on will exploit different aspects of a defense one game versus Blunt's talents and Riddick's and down the line, you know, it's a good point. He loves to focus on the one thing you got to do, which to win. Right. And so maybe, if you can seal that edge and get carry on around it, that might be the recipe. So, I mean, we'll see. That's one thing I'm curious to see how that plays out. Um, just, yeah. a, just another, you know, the Lions run game stats are always fantastic, but they are, <laughs> um, they are having just 83.3 yards per game last year. So uh, Stafford continues to get the worst run support in the league. And I, I don't have this stat with me um, readily available, but, the last time we had a hundred yard rusher, what was it? Uh, like fifty five games ago or something? We're setting all time records. The ancient times. Was it Reggie Bush? <laughs> Reggie Bush Reggie in Bush, like twenty yeah. was it twenty thirteen oh or twenty fourteen? No. <laughs> it was Reggie Bush, and that's all you have to that's all you have to say. No, it was a while ago. <laughs> that um, also speaks a little bit, I think, to the talent we've had at running back. Like Reggie Bush was arguably the best running back we've had since Barry Sanders, and and you know what he's where he stands. I mean, we haven't had a legit running back in so long. A guy who's no. like a full on just complete back. <laughs> I, I mean, thought Reggie Shore could be that guy until he tore his Achilles. Yeah, that was a disappointment. I could have seen that. Yeah, yeah. I am not going to agree with you on that one. <laughs> yeah, maybe Kevin Jones was close, but he couldn't stay healthy. Well, McKell Shore only had two games. In the second game, he tore his Achilles, so we never really got to see what he could do. You're, you're right. You're right. But uh, I don't know. I just never thought of him as that kind of – I guess he Maybe had the I'm potential. Maybe I'm an Illinois homer. I'm an Illinois homer. <laughs> yeah, it could be. <laughs> you know what I used to love for no reason was uh, Kevin Smith. You guys remember him? Oh, yeah. Okay, running yeah. back. I always loved him. I don't know why. He, I like yeah, his grit. He, he did a grit. <laughs> He almost got the thousand. He was almost our last thousand yard. What did he get? Like nine hundred and eighty-seven yards his rookie season. Uh, something like that. Something like that. Close. Then he had that. He had that brief spell again with the Lions towards the end of his career, and that just didn't work out. But I, I think like that him. was a classic case of too much wear and tear in college. He was run the wheels off him. Well, those touches he had coming out. We got him yeah. well used. Yeah, yeah for sure. Okay. Um, well, let's move on to the wide receivers then. Wide receivers. Um, the, the Lions' deepest group by far, um, and one that should separate them amongst any <laughs> opponent that they play. 2,000-yard receivers last year in Marvin Jones Jr. and Golden Tate, and then promising rookie Kenny Galladay. Um, TJ Jones is still hanging around, and then two new additions to the wide receiving core, although they might be minor. Um in contributions this year is Brandon Powell and 
the surprising addition, Bradley Marquez, who was a, a solid special teams player in the preseason, hence his uh, addition. So wide receivers. I guess let me branch off on this for a moment. How do you guys – does the preseason reflect um, how the Lions are going to perform throughout the rest of the season? Because let me just say, no Super Bowl <laughs> champion has ever finished um, below 500 in the preseason and won the Super Bowl. <laughs> Well, That's a weird stat. Hopefully, to me. we break that trend. Yeah, but I hope it has no bearing stat. whatsoever. <laughs> I don't think I have any bearing. I, I, I caution people against reading anything in the preseason, and the way Trish, Patricia does things, he does things a little different too. I think he purposely puts guys in bad positions. I, to see I think how he even mentioned and, that, didn't he? Uh, you know, it, I just don't want to read anything into it because what we saw in preseason, we're not going to see in the regular season. I guarantee it. There's just no way. <laughs> the things I would on the preseason I always look at are individual battles and types of things that are directly like physical feats. So I was a little the most concerning to me was like the uh, the defensive line not sort of winning at the point of attack very often uh, or winning many things in the pass rush battles. The uh, offensive line getting beat from time to time, but the defensive woes will will largely be mitigated, I think, by scheme. I, I think we were always expecting the pass rush to be generated by clever scheming this year. And on the offensive line, you know, I don't know, hopefully just bad performances. But uh, And that will get – play calling will help that as well. Yeah, I agree. So, I mean, just I agree. from a wide receiver perspective, we can get to the D-line and the defense later in their preseason. Um but Brandon Powell definitely stood out this year in the preseason, yeah. and that's why he made the he roster. Did. I think and he brings a lot something of... a little different that we don't have, so I think you could see him get used. I mean, Tate is that quick jitterbug, but he's also a little bigger, too. That kind of limits how much, and he's also so primary. You see Powell, he can be that little guy that you forget about. I mean, you see how the Patriots have leveraged the little receivers. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, and he's quick. And fast, he could break some plays. I could see this year. Well, how much do you guys read into the fact that Brandon Powell was added to the roster because they didn't want to lose him, and that Golden Tate is on his final year of his contract, and that he's a future replacement for Golden Tate? Yeah, I think it's a little of both. Uh, Tate's looking for that big contract, <laughs> and I, I don't know if the Lions are going to be willing to dish it out. Uh, I'd love to see Tate stay around for a while because I really love the guy. But uh, yeah, yeah, you know, I think it becomes a money thing almost with Tate. That's interesting. I didn't really associate the two because I know he's not te- – he, I, th- I see Tate, he, he plays that slot role a lot, but I think he's more of a primary receiver because he, he moves to the edges a lot. He's so multifaceted and so good that, mm-hmm. you know, he's a matchup nightmare. You just try to move him around to get yeah. get those like get those favorable matchups, and that's why the slot I, – I don't really see Paul as addressing that. I think if you lose Tate next year, you're looking for another primary type receiver – like a, a another guy, Paul. I don't see Paul necessarily filling a similar role. I don't see Paul being an outside guy like Tate will do at times. So yeah, I I, I see. I thought like we were really looking seriously at Jace Billingsley at filling that role this year, regardless of Tate's situation. Um, but yeah, maybe it is. Maybe it's a little check on the future. I don't know. I mean. uh 
it seems like Golden State really loves Detroit. You know, he loves Stafford, and I think he he really loves the team. But I think it's all going to be dependent on this season. I'd hate to use, I'd hate to lose those yards after the catch. You know, I think that's. Uh, I just love Tate for that. Um, oh yeah. But yeah, I don't know. I've never. I kind of agree with Jackie. I don't really see Powell as that replacement. Maybe a short term thing, but I don't. I don't see Powell being a long term replacement if we lose Golden Tate next season. Yeah, it's hard to replace a thousand yard guy with an undrafted rookie free agent. <laughs> I'm um, yeah. curious yeah. about <laughs> Marvin Jones. To me, is a is a kind of a bigger interest. I like what he's been doing about his efforts <laughs> in the off seasons to progress his abilities, working with Randy Moss last year and again this year, and focusing on different aspects of his game. He's really working on those like the shorter, more powerful, explosive things because he, if he doesn't get the separation again like last year, I don't know if you can replicate what he did last year by making a bunch of contested catches. That just seemed, I mean, he's so he was so good last year at making those contested he catches, was. but. But those are those kind of things that, that you can't rely on from year to year. You got to be able to get some separation. You, I mean, but that, that was one of the reasons Lions signed him because he's so good at those contested catches. He lead, oh. he was leading the league before um, in contested catches, and he continued to show that, especially um, last yeah. year with the Lions. Absolutely, I, I think he's. I think he does I think rely he's... on it. Yeah, I know. Yeah, I agree. I think so to an extent. It's one of those – you definitely rely on it. It's definitely in his repertoire and maybe his strongest trait. But it's still – those are considered, you know, 50-50 balls. And maybe maybe he, he tips that scale a little 60-40. But those are those kind of plays that uh, that you get that don't, don't always come. You know, the receiver, the cornerback makes that little touch this game, a little different – those games, those balls fall a different way. And we don't get him. I'm not, I'm not saying he won't get him. I'm just saying it's not something that I don't know. I think he's got a good quarterback throwing him the ball. Hell yeah! yeah and I think they specifically designed plays to throw it up to Marvin Jones in those one-on-one situations for him yeah, to jump no, up and go get it. Oh, well, I, I agree. Think Marvin Jones is the most underrated receiver in the league, personally. I could agree with I, that. I don't. I don't think he ever has gotten the respect that he deserves. Uh, what was it? Someone. Uh, yeah, football outsiders rated him the second best wide receiver in the league last year. But I so, like what he he even recognized that part of his game and looks like he addressed it in the offseason trying to get a little more separation, make those chances, maybe even get some run after the catch this year, which could be exciting. That'd be nice too. Yeah. I mean everyone should always be trying to improve. And I think they are, yeah. It does seem like they are. So Yeah, the attitude of this team seems pretty uh I like the attitude. No we don't have really any divas that I can see. And we haven't no. talked about my most exciting uh, Lions player for the year. He's he's healthy, and hopefully he'll stay healthy. Is Kenny Galladay? I think he can have a Ooh, really monster. electric year. Absolutely! I was so excited on my last fantasy pick that Galladay was still there, so I just <laughs> scooped him up. Oh wow! That could <laughs> be a sleeper pick of the the year. Absolutely, his ceiling is astronomical. You just got to stay healthy. You can't teach size and speed. He's very athletic. He's highly athletic. And, and, and he's got great hands. I mean, he made some <laughs> extreme, like you said, athletic catches. And to be able to haul that in at an NFL level mm-hmm. is um, amazing. And yeah, maybe plus, he went, went, huh? plus, he went to St. Rita High School. And that means I was lie. about to mention that. Yeah. Of course. <laughs> can't go by without mentioning it. No, can't oh. do it. Can't do it. Uh, maybe his best asset, though, is that he's not even the main focus. He's the third guy. I mean, yeah. How do you put your third-best cornerback on him? Come on. No. 
to me, if he stays healthy, there's no doubt he's going to be successful. Like, I don't think there's even a question that if he can stay healthy, that he's going to make some fantastic catches for the Lions this year. Yeah. Okay. Um, Let's move on to the tight ends then. Tight ends. Oh. Um, A very interesting group. (laughs) We have four tight ends on the roster. Michael Roberts, Luke Wilson, the new free agent signing, Levine Toilolo, or Levine Toilolo, and Hakeem Vales. Um, Vales making the ro- a surprise uh, just after a very good preseason from him, um, leading the tight ends and catches and yards. Well, how do you guys feel about the tight end group? Is Michael Roberts going to be the fourth tight end in this group? Does he see a lot of playing time? Well, I think Roberts has the ability to block, and that can that's going to get him on the field. I, I mean, you well, Toilolo and him are the two guys that uh, you look to. They're more blockers, right? I mean, I guess Luke Wilson is an okay blocker, but Roberts, yeah, he's a hybrid tight end. He's the classic tight end, and I think that's probably the number one reason he made the roster. All the other guys seem to be a little more one-sided. You got Valles, who looks like a receiver, almost purely. Um, Luke Wilson, more of a receiver type. And then Tolo, more of a blocker only. So I think that's the number one reason he made the roster. And he showed a lot of promise. And I think if he can not screw up too drastically, he'll start to see some targets. Because, I mean, he caught all those touchdowns in college. He's got to have the hands. It's maybe, I don't know what it's been so far, but. I see him yeah. eventually well, maybe contributing. That's been the problem. His hands have been terrible, apparently, yeah. um, in camp. Yeah, it's weird, you know. I think with Luke Wilson, like, these are the type of guys that the Patriots are turning into, like, a stud. So, I mean, if that's what we're trying to replicate. I, his stats, Luke Wilson's, to me, were very unimpressive his last few years with the Seahawks. So, I, I don't know. I, I think that the tight end group, to me, is a big mystery going into this year. But I think they're better at blocking than catching as a whole uh, unit to me. Now, if they can block, that's half the battle. Yeah. They're going to have to be able to block. There's no doubt about it. They're not going to catch a lot of passes here, I don't think. I don't think there's any way they're going to feature the tight end. But you never know. You might get one of those games where they they create a matchup problem for the other team. Maybe, you know. (laughs) Little note about Luke Wilson, though, is maybe Stafford can do for him what he did for Tate. I mean, Russell Wilson – is not the guy that, you know, blows up stats for his receiving targets. So that guy has the height and the speed. Maybe Stafford can, you know, really make bring those attributes out and show what he's capable of. Maybe. Maybe. Um, okay. Well, then let's move on to my, the, the group that the Lions are most heavily invested in on offense besides quarterback and Stafford's contract. And that is the offensive line. Offensive line. Offensive line. Offensive line. The offensive line, they went pretty deep um, on the roster, although they cut two recently. Um, but Taylor Decker starting at left tackle. Rick Wagner starting at right tackle. TJ Lang at right guard. Um, left guard looking like it'll be Ragnow, Frank Ragnow. And then center Graham Glasgow. And then backup, um, Tyrell Crosby, the fifth-round draft pick. They just signed Andrew Donnell. Um, recently, um, he's a backup tackle. Kenny Wiggins is a backup guard and a backup guard at Joe Dahl as well. I just yeah. want to say right out, this is the most important position group on the team this year. This group has to perform, period. 
they have to Absolutely. block for the run. They have to protect Stafford. They got. I think that's what they yeah. got to keep Stafford upright, and they got to make this run game work. They are to me. They are absolutely the most important position on this team. This is that they've invested in heavily in the last two years. Quinn has invested in these guys, and uh, it's the direction he decided to go first. Uh, you know, and, and they have to make it work. It has to work, or this team's not going to go for it. It's going to go as far as this line carries us. That's I why I like it. the Frank Ragnow pick so much. He like he never allowed a sack in his college career. I definitely think you know picks like that show they're very serious about giving Stafford that time in the pocket giving that running game time to develop that they really need to have the the totally efficient offense that they're looking for this season that they might not have had in the past. I agree. I think the, the thing about it too is, and, and because of their focus on it and it's caused them to, you know, sort of neglect aspects of the defense or at least if not neglect, you know, short change, they've been bargain been shopping. The thing is if they can get those run, those long drives where we can drive for, you know, five minutes, run the ball efficiently, then they can actually make, give the defense that breathing room to, you know, get their chances to face some passing down, more passing down situations just by scoring more points. I think they can affect the entire team by just being, you know, meeting their potential. They got to meet their potential because we put a lot of money in there. And the Lions brought in a new coach, Jeff Davidson from the Broncos. This guy's had a mixed career, I'll say. Um, ranging from being an offensive coordinator to being an offensive blind coach around the league. Um, he did have 2,000-yard backs in 2010, Jonathan Stewart and D'Angelo Williams on the Panthers. Um, so you're hoping he can come in and basically uh, teach these linemen that we've paid so much money how to block. Um I will note that Taylor Decker uh, in his first two seasons has ranked 24th and 28th in snaps per boom block. That is not good. So um, hopefully that can be improved. Granted, he was coming off. He missed half the season last year with a freak uh, shoulder injury. So hopefully a whole offseason, new coach, a new competent offensive line coach. Ron Prince is gone, thank God. Thank Thank God. God. (laughs) Um, But – it should be noted, uh, at least on the right side, Rick Wagner and TJ Lang were two of the best pass blockers um, when they were healthy. Obviously, they missed. Um, they both missed three games last year. Health is so going to be a major factor. TJ yeah. Lang yeah. to be walking in a cast until Sunday every every week. Um, <laughs> we'll I mean, see. Even I mean, this offseason, these workouts. We have as much yeah. talent as any line, I'd say, in the NFL. If they can stay healthy and, and actually get to work together, I think the sky's the limit there. Oh, absolutely. We have the highest paid right tackle. We have a uh, top five right guard paid for a third-round center, um, a first-round draft pick at left guard, and a first-round draft pick at left tackle. There's no reason why this shouldn't be a top three top to five. five offensive line in the league. Agreed. If if we stay healthy, I think there's not really a doubt about that. I mean, and it, we got some studs on the O line. And again, I think the play calling could help them. That's why I like this uh, this uh, this line coach. I, I think his 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 history as an offensive coordinator and knowing how to do a run game could help set them up to better succeed this year. And if you want doubt about how bad I think Ron Prince was as offensive line coach, the Adrian Waddle played. For the Patriots last year in the playoffs, they went to the Super Bowl. Um, <laughs> who was our guard on the 
49ers. Tomlinson. 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 Yeah. He just we <laughs> traded him for nothing to the 49ers. He just got a new contract with the 49ers. Um, Larry Warford got signed for a big contract um, to the Saints. That's a playoff team. And the Vikings, um, Riley Reef. Um, right. He played left tackle for them very successfully last year. So, And we I'm had so all this talent in-house, and it's succeeding elsewhere. Granted, some of that is due to free agency and money, but they're all in-house at one Schemes. time, and we still were not successful. So the talent was there. I think bad coaching has – a lot to do with Yeah. That. I think different players thrive in different schemes, but I, when you see that many players thriving elsewhere, I think it's definitely a coaching concern. Well, now that you say that, is that an indictment on Jim Bob Cooter as well for not developing a solid running game? Because last year, all we heard about was, like, Jim Bob Cooter basically picked up a, a running game for dummies book and, like, was learning about the running game. He went to all these coaches, and it was worse than ever last year. Hmm. Do I mean, did we really Jeff have Davidson come in and it's easy? Is he like pretty much the run game coordinator or is this still Jim Bob? I don't know. Show? I think Jim Bob has more running back talent now than he's ever had with the Lions. That's true. So I think this will be the year that kind of decides his fate in terms of being able. I didn't like a lot of the calls he made last year, but again, a lot of the talent wasn't there. The O-line wasn't staying healthy. You know, I don't totally blame him for how the running game went last year. Um, I think this year will be the, his biggest challenge, and if this year fails, then I think that's on him. Yeah, yeah. I, agree. I I personally thought Jim Bob Cooter, the offense, the success the offense did have, often was in spite of him. But I will give him the the credit that he's made apparent efforts and to always change and get better. And I think he has the potential, and with the help around him, I could see him having a monster year in this offense being successful. So I guess we'll just we'll know for sure if this is a different offense when we get to third and one on Monday Night Football. <laughs> and yeah. we'll see if we there can get a first down running the ball. Um, like just, that would you know, be just major. Power run, just power run, <laughs> one yard. That's all we ask is one yard. Single yard. And then, and then when we, we get inside the five-yard line, can we punch it in? This is what we got LeGarrette Blunt for. Dwayne Washington and his that he ran with a pretty much a blindfold on um, is gone, thank goodness. Zach Zenner um, is also gone. I th- actually don't think he got enough credit. I thought he was a decent goal line running back. I thought he was better than Abdul as a runner. I think he started out well, but kind of started to fade towards the end of the year. I I didn't mind the cut at all there. Yeah, I don't mind. The, I don't mind the cut so much. Well, but, he didn't um, actually get cut. He's on the IR. That's true. Uh, that's also true. Uh, yeah. But uh, yeah, I, I don't think he ever got a legit shot. I mean. They put him in those uh, obvious third and one, fourth and one situations, and uh, he'd lose a yard because <laughs> the uh, defensive line was in the backfield before he got the ball. But uh, I don't know. I think he got kind of a bum rap. I'd like hey, to see him get a shot somewhere. We uh, actually skipped someone at the running back position, though they because they don't separate it anymore. But Belor sticking around as a fullback has me excited. I think. If you look at uh, all the, the top rushers in recent years, when Adrian Peterson almost went for two, when uh, – who was the other – someone who went for 2,000 almost recently, the, these guys are getting fullbacks support. Actually, that was uh, – for Adrian Peterson that year, it was a former Lion uh, who was blocking for him, uh, that fullback. Jerome Felton. His name now. Jerome Felton. We didn't use him as a fullback properly, and he went on and, and paved way for a historic season. I like the fullback position because 
fullbacks have a unique ability to isolate on or to to pick up fullback. I mean, pick up linebackers. Uh, it's a little harder for you know to pick up a small, fast-moving target for the O line. So I, I I think that's a big thing that we're keeping a fullback. It could help this run game as well. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. <laughs> Well, I hope you're right. Yeah, especially in those short yeah. air situations. He I also hope you're right. Delore showed some uh, some knack for the position. He was blasting dudes last year. Some success we had in the run game, what little it was, was because he was able to clear out some holes. Okay, so any last thoughts on the offense, or do you want to move on to defense? Let's talk defense. Uh, I I just want to say in closing on the offense. So how far we go is going to be on the offense. Uh, if we can stay on the field, keep the defense off the field, uh, score points and get leads and our defense playing with leads, it's going to make a big difference in our success this year. So agreed. you know, if we're, if our defense is on the field all the time, we're dead. There's no doubt where <laughs> the money's been put, where the picks have been put for the most part, the offense is the first part they wanted to build on this team. I want to see time of possession heavily in our favor this year. Agreed. Okay. Now we're going to move on to the defense. And the most questionable unit, um, at least to me, is the defensive line. Defensive line. Ziggy coming back. um, One year, $17 million. He's getting paid. And then he's a free agent next year. Anthony Zettel. Kerry Hyder coming off the torn Achilles. Deshaun Hand. Um, our, we traded up in the third round for him. Sean Robinson in his third year now. The veteran Ricky Jean-Francois. And defensive tackle Sylvester Williams as well, a free agent signing. This is definitely the most questionable group. They, um, in the preseason, were last in the league in sacks. Um, yeah. It's, it's, it's a little worrying, but this is where – People are questioning whether Matt Patricia's scheme is more important than the players themselves. Yeah, I mean, I think some of it depends on can Ziggy stay healthy this year? Can Kerry Hyder stay healthy this year? I think if they stay healthy and can contribute, that'll go a long way towards making Patricia's scheme look better. But then again, with his scheme, you know, I think all these guys should be able to contribute and, you know, make those plays that we need them to make. It doesn't seem like we're going to lean on any one player in the front four. No, no, definitely not. Not with that rotation. If they can perform their jobs well, I think we're gonna. I think Patricia's gonna rely a lot on the linebackers for carrying the load. As far as even with rushing the passer, I think we're gonna see a lot more uh, creative blitzing things like that. In fact, I can see Jared Davis being a huge weapon in the blitz scheme with his speed getting to the quarterback. That one play in the preseason where he <laughs> he was on the quarterback in a heartbeat was beautiful. He didn't make the tackle, but he made the play. And uh, I, I could just see more of that type of stuff going on this year. Uh-huh. I, I picture that uh, as long as if, if anyone else can be minorly disruptive or at least somewhat disruptive, I think a big I see a big year for Zettel. Zettel's not the kind of guy who's gonna you know make that clean clean rush too often, but he's gonna be that kind of guy that if the quarterback's under duress, he's gonna finish a lot of plays. You saw that in the preseason; he's constantly just missing. The guy is all hustle, and he's got enough talent where he's going to be constantly wreaking havoc, I think. Wreaking havoc might be a stretch, but he just, he's a <laughs> He's a solid performer, no doubt. Uh, but 
He's a hustle guy. He's a hustle guy. Yeah, high energy, Seriously. high motor for sure. I, just, I don't know if he's that level you're you're talking about. But uh, well, Sean Robinson's the one that concerns me most. Um, so last year, the rank um, of our rushing defense was 28th in the league, which is really <laughs> really bad, and that's an improvement that's going to need to be made. Yeah, well, that's another reason that if you're watching the preseason, putting any credence into it, you're not too uh, thrilled. <laughs> I see some nice pieces. Not look too good. I see some nice pieces on the front end of our defensive line. I don't see a lot of depth. I don't see like that we have a nice rotation after Zettel and Ziggy, and and then Francois. I mean, after France, Francois looks like a nice addition late. The guy looks like he's going to at least be a solid player. Um, but then you got big question marks in hand. Guy has a astronomical ceiling with his freak athletic ability. And then Ashawn, or I mean, Ashawn putting up a, a really looking like he's ready to take a step back this year. So I, I don't know that that position. That's what concerns me the most because you can't keep your starters out there an entire game, and rotations are very important. And we don't have much depth. Yep. Yeah. Um, yeah. The defensive line, it's going to come, like we said, the scheme. And Paul Pascaloni is the new defense coordinator as well. Um, he comes from Boston College, but also knew Matt Patricia. Like half the, it seems like half the coaching staff worked at Syracuse at one point when Matt Patricia was there as well. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. So, how well these guys know each other, communicate with each other, um, will also be kind of an interesting side. Uh, I don't know. Yeah, it'll be, it'll be yeah. interesting to see how it all comes together on the sidelines with all these guys knowing each other so well. Right, because it's not yeah. Patricia's defense anymore, even though it's his team. I I kind of do think it's his defense, though. Like I think he'll be taking a much more active role in the defense personally than uh, past head coaches might have with lines. That'll be yeah. curious to see. No, I agree. I mean, he may not call the plays, but he's going to set down what he wants. And is the coordinator's going to go by what he wants to do, I think. So, yeah, I agree. I agree. It's going to be his defense for sure. Can I just point out one more thing I like about the D line? I like that they're using Zettel in a stand up role from time to time. Like, I just like that sort of versatility. I, I, I haven't seen it in Ziggy yet, but I feel like he could do some similar things. But, uh, it just shows that these guys, they're not going to use, they're going to kind of utilize their different assets and they're not going to be just putting their hand in the dirt all the time. I just felt like that was, I mean, I know we're, we already know we're going to a hybrid defense, but uh, their inability to use guys in different ways in the past has always been so sort of boring, <laughs> for lack of a better term. Austin just seemed to get married to the 4 3 after a while. All right. So that's the D-line. Um, we're going to move on. This is kind of D-line 2.0, at least in Patricia's past defenses, is linebacker. Linebackers! The, the linebacking core is deep on the roster. Um, we have the big free agent signing, uh, De- Devon Kennard, Gerard Davis, um, second-year linebacker, Jalen Reeves-Maven, backup linebacker, Christian Jones, um, the recently signed Eli Harold, Miles um, Kilbrew moving down the linebacker this year. We'll see how much he actually gets in there. 
And then yeah. Marquise Flowers was just recently signed as well from the Patriots. Um, Marquise Flowers is cut, and he is just signed with the Lions as of today. Um, he had three and a half sacks last year. So the linebacking core is the heart of this defense. There is no doubt about it. Devon Kennard is going to be coming off the edge. The most concerning thing to me, I just want to start this off, is Gerard Davis. He was the fifth worst in tackling last year in all the NFL, missing 20 tackles. Um, And we were watching the Tampa Bay preseason game, and he looked um, equally as bad. And is this something you just can't teach? I'm not sure. But that is my number one concern for this defense is Gerard Davis. Agreed. That is a concern for sure. Especially he hasn't picked up the uh, the ability to cover uh, linebackers either. I mean, uh, tight ends <laughs> yes, <that laughs> or was, running or running backs out of the backfield. Yeah, he he has a tough time in pass coverage. He really has doesn't hasn't seemed to get better there. So yeah, it's a concern for sure. The thing about the run game, I, I, his tackling issues. Uh, obviously, if they persist, that's a big problem. The good thing is that it it seems like it should be coachable and. His thing, it just seems like he's similar to the way Abdullah is, and hopefully it doesn't persist like Abdullah. But he's just in a hurry. He he doesn't he he he's so fast to the point, and then he just fails to break down. He he can play. He can afford to play a little bit slower with his speed. You know, he he's always there, but he just isn't sealing the deal. Uh, yeah, that's that should be coachable, and hopefully he can get that under wraps. <laughs> he has to. <laughs> Speaking he did also of, get 96 uh, tackles last year, to, which was yeah. second amongst rookies. So, Speaking of uh, linebackers really quickly, uh, I want to talk about someone not on the Lions, but someone that is entering our division, uh, Khalil Mack. Do you think the Lions should have gone harder after him, or do you think that price was way too high to bolster that? Because there are rumors, you know, that the uh, – the limo driver was driving him to whatever, the practice facility, and everyone was all hyped. And then three days later, he signs with the Bears. I guess, how do you think – do you think the Lions should have gone harder after him? And do you think he he's worth that price that the Bears paid for him? That's a good question. Uh, I, I don't think we should have paid anybody that kind of money. I, I'm kind of glad we didn't. I mean, I think you're hamstring the team in, a long, in the long run. Um, would I love to see Cleo Mack on the team? Hell yes, I would. No doubt about it. But uh, I don't know. I think in the long term, I, I don't think it's a great move. The way I, I feel oh. – I mean, no, go ahead. The way I feel about it is it's sort of unfortunate circumstances because the reasoning the Bears used was the way the uh, – you know, it's that basically guys in a premier position like that don't come available too often. Granted, that was the same, you know, thing they used to get Jay Cutler at the time, and, I mean, that didn't work out. But the way I look Cutty. at it is the, the way we've been building this team and the positions we've been focusing on, primarily the offense. I know we did a first-round pick in Jar Davis. So, I mean, but, like, the way I see it is, is the defense is not far enough along. Uh, I think we're still building it, and we need a lot more than one player right now. Uh I think we need to. We can't afford to throw away multiple. Because I, I foresee first round draft picks going defense for the next couple of years potentially, uh, at least yeah. high round draft picks. And 
if we had been building a defense like the Bears have, they've been focusing on the defense for a long time. You know, and he's he can be like that one piece that sort of brings it all together for right. us. If he was the last piece of the puzzle, I I agree. I think if we thought he was the last piece of the puzzle, I think it'd be worth going after something like that. But you're yeah. right. We have a long way to go, I think. We've been – I mean, if the defense was looking like it was further along, but I don't think so. We've been bargain bin shopping like crazy. Like, and to, this goes to bring it back to our linebacking core. Right now, Devon Kennard's the most proven player on that core. Uh, everyone else has been supplementary players who have had mixed histories of success. Um, I could see almost any of them being gone next year. Uh and I don't think that we could afford it, especially if Jar Davis doesn't pan out. It's just like holy crap. <laughs> we our defense, our, our linebacking core. It's 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 got enough potential. I think we got a lot of athletic big guys, and if they pan out, it could actually be a really good unit. But it's a lot of question marks. Yeah, I would agree, Connor. Um, so the Bears are giving up two first round picks, and they have to sign a guy that averages. Or that's going to be a $23.5 million cap hit yeah. on them per year. He's the highest paid defensive player in the league, if I'm not mistaken. Oh, you're, yes, no. you're correct. And I think that is way too high of a price, especially when we have a quarterback that's um, very highly paid. The Bears don't have a quarterback that's highly paid like that, so they that allows them to make <laughs> a move like this. That's true. Yeah, um, true. And we've seen it like on teams like the Eagles and stuff. They spend the money elsewhere when they have a quarterback that's on the cheap. Um. And it's probably going to be a move that's common throughout the league. If you have a cheap quarterback that's pretty good, or you think that he's pretty good, like the Bears think in Trubisky, I don't think Trubisky is going to be that good, actually. But um, yeah, verdict's not out on Trubisky yet. But, but this is this is like this is a move right. kind of like that allowed the Seahawks to build their roster and had such a deep defense because Russell Wilson was on a rookie contract for so long. Um, yeah, but this is not a. a a viable move for the Lions by any means, I think. And I, I don't think it's ever really in the question. You don't see the Patriots making these kind of moves. I don't – like, when was the last time they made a mega contract like that? But the um, thing is, they, they spread it out a little bit. They, they get a bunch of Devin Kennards, you know, like mid-level guys, um, because Tom Brady took a much lesser contract than he's worth. Um, yeah, to keep the team up. Yeah. So, I mean, that, that's, I think, the biggest reason of why the Lions, it was never really an option for them, even if it was really fun to dream about Khalil Mack and the Honolulu Blue, which would would have been oh, beautiful. Man, it would be but... so good. Yeah, <laughs> Not at that price, though. Hmm. Yeah. Especially um, when you consider what those type of players have done for Super Bowl teams in the past. I mean, Clay Matthews, Von Miller, those guys were like MVP-level players at the Super Bowl. So, I mean – yeah. It's 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 a it's a tough pill to swallow when it especially when it goes to a division rival. <laughs> but yeah. talking about our current roster, Miles, um, I think Miles Kilbrew being a linebacker, I well, pretty, I think we pretty much see him in a nickel package covering tight ends. I I think that is where he's best suited. I can see him being like a Dion Buchanan for the Cardinals. He's a kind of linebacker safety hybrid who can do different things. Yeah, I'll elaborate uh, a little years. more on that. Deion Buchanan, he was a high draft pick for the Cardinals, what, a couple years back. And he, he plays sort of a – sort of what you're describing. He, he's that athletic linebacker who's not quite a full-size linebacker, but also not quite 
uh, safety because he's so big, but he's fast, just athletic freak. You know, doesn't quite fit at home in any position, but he's he's not a liability in coverage, but he's not really a liability in the box either. Gives him that flexibility to to be an X factor. You can put him in unique situations, sort of like we were using Kilbrew when he first came out, when he, his rookie year. We used him in sort of a niche role, and he was he excelled. And then they tried to put him as a full time safety, and it didn't quite work out. Yeah, um, and it should be noted, um, a player like Bradley Marquez was the top rated special teams player in the preseason, and so Miles uh, Kilbrew was a top ten special teams player in a lot of categories last year. So. You, That's nice. Especially on the punt uh, coverage, right? So yeah, I think that that's where most of his reps well. will be. Um, okay, so let's move on to the last position group. Well, I just want to make one last point okay. about our linebacking core: is just the size. I mean, I know the last two guys, like uh, um, uh, Hayward Bay, not Hayward Bay. What's uh, <laughs> Maven know, Reeves? Maven. May- Reeves, Reeves, Maven, and Kilbrew are smaller, but everyone else is two forty, pushing two forty plus. It's gonna. I mean, theoretically, that should help the run game if they can pull their assignments. We should we should have a nice heavy box when they're in there, and they're all big athletic dudes. So I like that. So go on. Okay. So now we'll talk about the defensive backs. The defensive backs. Um, arguably our, the strongest point on our defense. Darius Slay, big play Slay. Nevin Lawson appears to have won the second cornerback job. Tease Tabor, um, second-year cornerback. Um, he'll look to be the backup cornerback. Quandre Diggs, he just got the big contract today. Three years, yeah. $20.4 million, which makes him the 15th highest paid safety in the league. And he's only played there for about five or six games. So not too bad for him. Um, Jamal Agnew looks to get in there on some nickel packages, some dime packages, most likely. Um, Glover Quinn, Tavon Wilson. These are safeties. Glover Quinn, Tavon Wilson, Charles Washington, and third-round draft pick Tracy Walker, who is basically a special teams player at this point. Um, Yeah. I think I like Diggs a lot at safety. I think he added a lot there. Or, yeah, at safety um, last year. Yeah, okay. Rowan back there. He has he has nice instincts. He's I like him as the center fielder. Plus, he can bring the wood for such a little dude. You wouldn't think, but he can smack dudes around. <laughs> Though comically, when he bounced off of uh, that tight end from Tampa, it's going to show his limitations there. But uh, no, he as a roamer. I always liked his instincts around the ball. He kind of reminded me of uh, like a um, honey badger light. The guy has that instinct. He has that knack. Um, yeah, definitely like that move to extend him. I think this is our strongest position group on defense. I agree. It, it seems to be pretty clear. The most talent. Glover Quinn, guy is an all pro in my book. He's a, He's a stud. Slay, obviously. Yeah, I'd say Quinn and Slayer definitely the top two in that. And they're going to need defensive backs. They're going to need to play good this year, too. Yes. Nevin Lawson's going to be getting a lot of of work this year across from Slay because, I mean, the guy, I wouldn't necessarily go as far to call him a liability, but he's he can be exploited. He's an aggressive, hard-nosed player, but he – 
is not quite the shutdown type guy that Slay is, but I love his attitude and his aggression. And he's as much as he's good to give up a play, he's good to get one back. So I like that. Yeah, I think yeah, we'll yeah. see Nevin Lawson a lot in between the twenties, but when it gets inside the red zone, Segura uh, will come in there just because with his length and everything um, in the red zone, where the speed yeah, won't be as much of a factor. Yeah, you want that height to combat those tight ends. I'm sure. sure. Yeah. Has That's anyone all... has his speed been shown as to be a, a a weakness like everyone was predicting because of his abysmal forty time? I, I haven't I haven't seen it quite fully exploited. I, I haven't I think observed it. Be, I think it's going to be a little overplayed, honestly. I think a guy like him, his technique and quicks will ultimately make him a solid cornerback. I also don't think he's as slow as that forty suggested. Um, I could see him developing into a solid pro at the outside position down the line. Yeah, um, I, I I think I have read a, a couple things just about him getting beat and stuff like that. Um, I think there's a reason that he's not in the starting um, quarterback spot, and I think that is one of the main reasons because he can get beat deep very easily. Yeah, to be fair though, it does take time to develop at that position, so uh, I think he's progressing okay. But yeah, he's got a little ways to go yet. Could be nice yeah. in the slot. Too, he, it looks like he might get some slot time because of his quick feet. <laughs> I think our D backs are going to see a lot of playing time. If Patri- historically, the way Patricia runs his defense, he'll have seven D backs out there. I mean, there's going to be a lot of crazy stuff going on. I think everyone's going to see the field. <laughs> there, there's going to be a lot of contributions all around that that group. Yeah, no, I think this roster and as a whole kind of relies on that next man up type of mentality. Like everyone's got a role to play. No one's really going to be hovering on the bench too long. You know, I, like I really the, like the Quandre Diggs extension personally. Like, I, I do think too. he's going to be one of those guys that can contribute yes. on every play. He's short, yeah, but he's intelligent. You know, he can anticipate the routes well, and you know, he's good at getting after the throw. So, you know, I think like those are the type of guys that really are going to thrive in this type of defensive scheme. He's got the pedigree, too, doesn't he? Isn't he uh, Quentin Jammer's brother or something like that? (laughs) Something something like that. He's 25, so you're getting him from 25 to 28 years old. Exactly, in his prime. Yeah, I love that chip on his shoulder. He outdid his brother at Texas. I want to see him outdo him in the NFL. (laughs) I would love to see that. Yeah, hopefully he keeps it up. Okay. Uh, I I want to just point out, I also like keeping on – Tavon Wilson. I think he's one of those good, solid safety guys that allows us to do some other things with the guys like Diggs because of his instincts. You can put him in different scenarios as a X factor. Anyway. Yeah, and I look forward to them developing Tracy Walker. Um, I think it'd be kind of like Tabor. You'll see him later in the season uh, getting out there and more of the pass, passing downs. Yep. Um, defensive backs uh, apparently in the NFL uh, they take a little more time to develop and get used to the pace and reading coverages and everything, or uh, reading schemes like that. Um, so if everybody could just go around and just give me one sentence on uh, basically just one sentence, keep it nice and short, on what the key is for the Lions defense to be successful. I believe <laughs> the key is going to be the linebackers understanding their jobs and filling out their roles well because – the pass rush is going to be very much relied on them and as well as the run stopping. Okay. I think the linebackers are key also. The, the linebacking group as yeah. a unit is key. 
just to be different, I'm going to say the defensive line really stepping up and staying healthy and rotating well. And mine is, can the scheme generate enough of a pass rush to disrupt opposing offenses? Kickers! All right, last but not least, everybody, the kickers. We have Matt Prater, Sam Martin, and the one, the only, Don Molbeck. He is always there. Um, yeah, he's hearts. kicking this year, in case anyone didn't know. Death taxes and Neil Beck. Death taxes and Don Molbeck, yes. <laughs> yeah. Matt, Matt Prater is always money. It's always Sam Martin that you're not sure. He's yeah, you never know when he's going to shank perform. one. Right yes, and it's always the in the most. biggest moments. Yeah. Yeah, he has some booms, but then occasionally he just totally shanks it, and you're like, why is this man on our team? But He yeah. can be a game changer when it matters, though. Or yeah. Really switch field position. That's true. And he gets hang time, which is even more important for us. I think generally our kicking unit is not an issue, not a real problem on this team. So no, not really much to talk about. Yeah, just as long as uh, Matt. Hopefully, we can rely less on Matt Prater saving us with fifty-five yard plus field goals. Uh, yeah, yeah, that cheers, would be ideal. Cheers to that. It's always it's always good for my heart. So, <laughs> well, we're almost at the end, anyways. Um, so now the last part. Um, I want everybody. We're gonna do two things um everybody just give me a short prediction for the season like record wise um don't take super long with this um just give a couple thoughts on what you think is going to happen this year and what the final record for lions is going to be predictions When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.